You are listening to the Jewel City Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to hear a message from Pastor Rita on Life Group Sunday. If you're looking to get connected to a life group, you can go to jccwv.org slash lifegroups to sign up. This morning, I have chosen for my text. I want to read from a very, very familiar portion of scripture, and it's just one verse. John wrote this, and he wrote it in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20. And it says in Revelation 3, 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. The title of my message this morning is, Somebody Answer the Door. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice, and you know, that kind of dawned on me, not only is he knocking, but he's saying something. What's he saying? He said, I'm knocking at your door. And if any man hear my voice, is he calling your name? Let me in. You know, when <laughs> Madra and I were little girls, I can remember any time someone rang the doorbell or knocked on our door, we both, I don't know who we thought was there, but we both made a beeline for the door and sometimes we'd knock each other down. Usually I'd knock her down because I've always been a little bigger than she. But <clears throat> we'd make a beeline for the door and when the phone rang, you better get out of the way. Because, you know, we had one of those old-fashioned phones years ago. And it sat, we had, my father called it a pigeonhole. It was just a little hole in the wall where you set the phone. Well, when the phone rang, and I don't know who we thought was calling either, would be it, we'd both make it be like, we broke a couple phones. And they fell to the floor and just broke. And, but I wish everyone would be as excited to open the door when Jesus Christ stands at your heart's door and knocks, and when he calls your name, from Genesis to Revelation, Jesus is always knocking. He's always wanting in. He always wants fellowship. Jesus, when he walked this earth, would even invite himself to your house. He wouldn't ask you to invite him for lunch. He'd just invite himself to lunch. Where do you live? Shall we turn right or left here? Because I'm going to your house for lunch. Okay. But in Genesis, he would come down in the cool of the evening. What did he want? He wanted fellowship. He made the animals and he loved the animals, but he wanted fellowship. And it said he would come down in the cool of the evening to Adam's house to walk with Adam. And one day we know the story and I'm not going to stop there, but he came down and he couldn't find Adam. And he said, Adam, where are you? Jesus, God was longing for fellowship. He wants to know you. He knows your name. Do you know that? I love that song. He knows my name. He knows your name. He knows where you live. He knows all about you. I know when, G when Jesus saved my mother's brother, I'm taking a little trail here. This is not on my notes. But everybody always called him Uncle D. And he was a tough not to crack. He wasn't interested in Jesus. He wasn't interested in salvation or going to church. But when my mother died, she pulled me down gently and she said, now Rita, he's my only sibling that does not know Jesus Christ. She said, I'm counting on you, Rita. 
I'm counting on you. So I would call him, Uncle D, Uncle D. I went down. To, he lived at Meadowbrook, and I went down to Meadowbrook at that time. He was not interested. He was nice to me, but the minute I quit talking about Jesus, he turned me off. One day they called me. I won't go into all of it, but they called me, and they said, Rita, come down. Your uncle has something he wants to tell you. I went down to Uncle D's house, and I sat on the couch, and I knew something had happened in the, just by looking at him because his eyes were great big, and his countenance was different. And he said, Rita, do you know that Jesus knows everything? I said, Uncle D, you're preaching to the choir. I know that. I know. He said, no, 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 no. He knows everything. And I said, I believe that. And he said, you know how come I know he knows everything? All I've ever known was he was Uncle D. But he said, I heard the voice of the Lord. You can believe that or not. I said, I believe it, but I wanted to know what he said first because my Uncle D had a drinking problem. And I said, okay, Uncle D, what did he say to you? And my Uncle D began to cry. And here's what he said. He said, he didn't call me D. He said, I heard the voice of the Lord. And he said, Ronald, the woman you have is not your own. He said, he knew my name. He called me Ronald. And that was his name. The Lord knows your name. He came down in the cool of the evening because he wanted fellowship. He wanted companionship. And he came down and Adam was not there. And we know the rest of the story. But even in the book of Revelation, 66 books later, he's still looking for fellowship. Here's John, marooned on the Isle of Patmos. They tried to kill John like they tried to kill, like they killed all the other 11 disciples. John just wouldn't die. They tried to boil him in oil and everything, but he didn't die. And he was taken out to the Isle of Patmos and deserted and marooned out there on the Isle of Patmos. Now you would think that maybe he would get discouraged. Maybe he would get depressed out there. Maybe the rat's nibbling at his toes and, and he's all by himself with nothing really to eat or drink or no shelter or whatever. But you know what it says? I like the how revelation opens. It says, and I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He was not depressed. He was not discouraged. And he heard a voice from heaven say, John, yes, Lord, right. And, and when I read this, the text this morning, behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's in chapter 3. And he says, I want in. I want to call your name. I want to come into your house and fellowship with you. I want to know you. But I like, we don't, we sometimes we quit there. We don't read on over in chapter 4. Just a few verses later, he said, John, and he he said, yes, Lord. He said, look up. He looked up and he said, what do you see? John said, well, Lord, I see a door. And he said, well, John, this is my house. Come on up, John, and tell me what you see. And if you think we had a good time at your house, John, wait till you get to my house. Wait till you see my house and what I've got in store for you. So you see, Jesus wants to come to your house, but one day we get to go to his house, and we get to spend all eternity with him. And eye has not seen, and ear has not heard what he has in store for his children in his house. How many of you want to go to God's house one day? You want to go to God's house? Okay. Well, 
When Jesus was walking the face of the earth, I mean, that's what he wanted was fellowship, man. And he got kicked out of a lot of synagogues. He got kicked out of a lot of towns, but he was just looking for fellowship. He was looking for someone that he could be a companion with. One day he was in Jericho and he was just walking along. And as he was walking along the crowd, all of a sudden he didn't realize that a little short fella, probably a first cousin of mine, was all of a sudden perched up in the tree. And Jesus looks up there and he looks up there and that's sycamore, that fig tree, and, and all of the town people made a face. Mm, there's that old tax collector. He's a cheat and a thief and a liar. But Jesus smiled. You see, amongst all that fruit up there, he saw a piece of rotten fruit. <laughs> but he loved that piece of rotten fruit, and he knew his name. He knew. He, he said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I can see Zacchaeus. Can't you? I'd love to have taken his vitals right about then. Oh, good grief. Here's this man. They called Jesus, and he wants me to come down. And then while he was just about halfway down, Jesus said, let's go to your house. I will go to your house, Zacchaeus. We'll have some lunch together, and we'll talk. You see, he didn't say we're going to go to a synagogue. We're not going to a temple. And that's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Nothing, that's good. Jesus went there often. He didn't say we're going to go down here and sit by the Sea of Galilee. He said, I won't go to your house. And when they went to, Jesus, to Zacchaeus' house, things happened that day. Things changed that day. And I'm going to tell you more about that in just a minute. But Jesus keeps on walking, and finally someone comes to him. It's a father. And the father said, my little daughter is lying at home. It was Jairus. She's my only child. I don't have a son. I don't have another daughter. I've just got one child. She's 12 years old, and she's in trouble. She's sick. She can't breathe, and, and, and so forth. So Jesus said, okay, you know what he said? Where do you live? Jesus wanted to go to Jairus' house. Okay, you see, he loves to come to your house. He's standing at the door knocking. He, he would join a life group, I'm telling you. And so he wanted to go to Jairus' house. And so on their way to Jairus' house, a servant came and said to Jesus and Jairus, don't trouble him any further. Your daughter just died. Your daughter is dead. And it said, can you imagine the countenance of, of Jairus now. His head falls. All hope is gone. And all of a sudden, he feels a hand on his shoulder, and he looks up, and it's Jesus. And Jesus said, only believe. Don't be afraid. I'm still here. We're still going. And they went on. And when they got there, most of us know the story, and I'm not camping here either. But they went into the room, and Jesus said, all of you unbelievers, out. If you don't believe, out. He said, Mom, Dad, Peter, James, John, you can stay. And he spoke to that young 12-year-old girl, and it said, and she sat up. And you know the first thing she said was? What every 12-year-old says, I'm hungry. Okay, so Jesus stayed there that day. I mean, they had already hired the mourners. They'd already hired the, the people there. They, they hired mourners to come and mourn for her. Maybe they were getting ready to figure out how they was going to pay for the undertaker, whatever. But Jesus came and changed the whole situation. I could go on and on. He went to Peter's house and healed Peter's mother-in-law and said she was laying there sick of a fever. And Jesus spoke to her. And you know the first thing she did when she got up? How many of you know what she did? She went in the kitchen and began to cook. Man, I love going. I'd go there too. 
I'm telling you, people like to eat back then just like they eat today. Okay, so they went to, he healed there in Peter's house. One of the times I was at Israel, I saw the remains of Peter's house. And I stood there and just gazed in amazement and awe and think of the miracles. Jesus was actually in the ruins of this house. Okay, and we know that he went to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. We know that. And, and when he was there, they, he taught lessons. Can you imagine? No wonder Martha sometimes got a little bedruddled. She was in the kitchen cooking for 13 hungry men. Okay, she was in there and she had to change the linen and she had to get ready and cook and all these other things for all these men. But Jesus went to their house. I believe he put his feet up. Mary sat at his feet. He taught. He loved. He gave. He embraced. He did all of these things in the house. But I can say when he comes, I'm going to tell you this. Why is Jesus knocking at the door? Why doesn't he just open the door and come on in? Because sometimes in the scriptures, he did invite himself. And I thought as I was preparing this message, he did not open the door for several reasons. Number one, he wants to be a welcome guest at your house. And I want him to know that at my house, 191-2 and 191-1, he is welcome in Sapphire Lane. He's welcome at my house. And so he wanted, not only does he want to be a welcome guest, but the latch to the door. You notice the door has no latch. You have to open it from the inside. You have to open your own heart's door and let Jesus in. And another reason, I tried to find an appropriate picture and I couldn't. But another reason he hasn't, he does, can't open the door is he's got his arms full of gifts for you. What did he leave you, Zacchaeus? Turn to the book of Matthew and read what he left Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus said, today has salvation come to my house. Has salvation come to anybody's house in here? Has salvation come to your house? Can you say as Zacchaeus did, today salvation has come to my house. He stood on his porch and he waved goodbye to Jesus. And he would say like Pastor Dan, I can pillow my head tonight. When I go to the market tomorrow, I can look people in the eye and say I stole $25 from you. But Jesus came to my house and he turned things around. And tomorrow I'm going to bring $100. I'm going to give back fourfold what I stole from you. So you see, Jesus had a gift for Zacchaeus. He had the gift of salvation. He's got the gift of salvation for you today too. And he knows your name and he's knocking at your door and he's calling out your name. He's speaking to you and he wants to give you a gift. What did he leave you, Jairus? Oh, I'll tell you what he left me. He left me resurrection, life. He left me like my little daughter was dead. But oh, when he left and waved goodbye to me, my little daughter was at the door waving goodbye to him too, eating a McDonald's hamburger. She was hungry. I'm telling you, whenever he comes to your house, he's going to leave you a gift and he keeps on giving. He just keeps on giving and giving and giving and giving. And he will leave, give you gifts. What did he get, leave Mary, Martha, and Lazarus? He left them teaching. He left them part of himself. They supported his ministry. And ultimately, he left them a resurrection as well. He wants to open up your heart's door. He wants you to open it so he can come in. And in conclusion, I'm going to ask Carrie if she would come. And I'm going to ask Carrie if she would play while I do my conclusion. My conclusion is going to be this. A couple weeks, I hope I can get through this. A couple weeks 
before Clarice passed away. She came to my office here at the church and she gave me this puppet. And she said, Rita, I heard you tell a story once. The title of the story was, Whosoever. And she said, you told a story, and she said, it blessed me so. And she said, I wanted you to have this puppet. And she said, I want you to learn to work with it. I think she thought that it moved, but it really doesn't move. It's connected to all of these strings. And the last time I saw her, I said, Clarice, this puppet really doesn't move. She said, that's okay. She said, a couple people wanted this puppet, but I want you to have it. And she said, I'm looking forward to the day when I can hear you tell the story, whosoever once again, and display this puppet. She's not here physically, but maybe the Lord's going to let her look down. Clarice, if you're looking down, this is for you. Now, I want you to know that for 25 years, I was a children's pastor. I love those little dykes. I love them. When they come in and look at you, they can't lick their cow lick, got chocolate all over their face, hadn't brushed their teeth. I love them. I had a heart and still have a heart for children. And so I'm going to tell this story like I would tell the little kids, okay? So you be patient, and when you hear me say certain things, realize that I used to tell this to the little kids. I'll just insert right here. A couple days ago was my birthday. And I got a card from Sue Ann Spiker. And what she said blessed my heart. She said, Rita, I remember years and years and years ago at a little Methodist church in West Union. You told the story whosoever. And me and my mother and my sister all gave our hearts to Jesus that night. I got saved, she said, at a little Methodist church in West Union when you told the story, whosoever. And she said, our paths have crossed all these years. I went to church with them 25 years at Faith Fellowship, now Center Branch. She said, you've ministered to us. You were our children's pastor. And now you're ministering to our grandchildren. By the time I read that card, I had to sit down. I was tired. I thought, wow, three generations here. But I want to tell you about whosoever. I tell the boys and girls now, whosoever, this there was a little fella. He didn't have a name like you, Johnny or Tommy, or a common name. This little guy had a funny name, and you'll never guess what his name was. His name was whosoever. Well, one day, whosoever found out that the king was coming to town. And whosoever thought, oh boy, the king's coming to town. Maybe I could get him to come into my house, my heart house. But then he looked into his heart house and he said, 
my heart house is so dirty that the king would never come into my heart house. Never. He said, I'm going to try to clean my heart house so that when the king comes to town, I can tell him, King, please stop into my heart house for just a few minutes. So whosoever tried to clean his heart house, but he couldn't clean it. And he went out and sat on the steps, put his head in his hands. And he was very discouraged when a little girl came by. And she was just skipping by and she says, Whosoever, I'm going to the park, would you like to go? And whosoever said no. She says, well, you look sad. What's wrong with you? He says, well, haven't you heard? The king is coming to town. And I want him to come into my heart house. But it's dirty. And I can't clean it. And the little girl says, well, I'll help you clean your heart house. He said, you will? Well, come on in. So this little girl, Diddy, pops up the steps. And she goes and stands in a corner. And she doesn't do anything. And whosoever said, well, aren't you going to help me? She said, no, I'm not going to help you clean your heart house. He says, what do you mean? Who are you? She says, my name is Miss Tell Lies. And now I'm in your heart too. Your heart was dirty anyway, and now you tell lies. He thought, oh, good grief. My heart was dirty to begin with. And, and now I tell lies. And so he goes out and he's more discouraged than ever. So he goes out and he sits on the steps. When all of a sudden, the little boy comes by on his bike. And he said, let's go play ball, whosoever and whosoever. He says, what's wrong with everybody? Haven't you heard? The king is coming to town. My heart house is dirty. And now I got Miss Tell Lies in there. I can't do it. I got, I can't, I got to clean my heart house. And the little boy says, well, I'll help you clean your heart house. Hmm, you will? Well, come on in. So the guy parked his bike and walked up the steps into whosoever's heart house. And when he got up there, he says, I'm not going to help you clean your heart house. And whosoever says, oh, no. What's your name? He said, my name is Mr. Bad Habits. And now I live in your heart, too. He said, oh, no. And whosoever began to cry uncontrollably. And he goes out and he sits on the steps again. He says, what do I do? I tried to clean it and I couldn't. Now I tell lies. Now I got bad habits. The king will never come into my heart house. So whoever's sitting there with both, with his head in both hands, and all of a sudden another little guy comes by and says, whosoever, what's wrong? Well, he told him again, the king's coming. My heart house is dirty. I can't get it clean. He says, well, I can help you. And he says, nope. Can't take no more help. Not room for anything else in there. And he says, no. He says, stand up here, whosoever. Stand on your tiptoes. Look down there at the edge of the road. He said, see that church down there? Yeah. He said, well, right beside there, the pastor lives. You go down that street, knock on that door, and the pastor will answer, and you tell him that your heart house is dirty and that the king is coming, and you want the king to come into your heart house. Boy, whosoever, that was good news. And he ran down that road, the dust flying. He knocks on the door and he looks up at the big tall preacher. He said, are you the preacher of this church here? He said, yes. And he says, I got a question for you. The pastor says, well, come on in, little guy. And they gave him some milk and cookies. And he said, pastor, my problem is my heart's dirty. And I tell lies and I do bad things and bad habits but he said 
I want the king to come in. So the pastor said, that's not a problem, son. And he opened up the Bible to John 3.16. And he began to read to this little guy. And he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed and whosoever's eyes got big. And he set his glass of milk down. And he stood to his feet and he said, whosoever me is my name in that book is my name he said yes your name's in this book you're a whosoever and then the pastor said I'm going to pray with you son and I got good news for you you don't have to clean your heart house you just go on home and when you get home and you see the king coming you flag him down and you invite him in so whosoever goes home he's on his porch anxiously awaiting for the king to come he sees the banners. He hears the music. And all of a sudden, it's getting louder and louder. And all of a sudden, it's right in front of whosoever's house. And he stops everything, and he runs out in the street. And he says to the king, King, I've been waiting for you. And I tried my best to clean my heart house, and I couldn't. And I tell lies, and I got bad habits. But I'd like for you to come on in if you'd come into this dirty heart. And the king said, Whosoever, that's what I do. I'd be glad to come into your heart house. And he took little whosoever by the hand and they walked up the steps. And whosoever went in and it, they, Jesus began to pray with him. And they had a good time of just talking and communicating there in whosoever's living room. Then all of a sudden when Jesus got up to leave, he said, well, whosoever, I'm going to do something for you. And about that time, out came Miss Tell Lies. Out came Mr. Bad Habits. And when the king waved goodbye to whosoever, whosoever had a clean heart house. Now we have to work to keep it clean. But whosoever had a clean heart house. I want to look you in the eye today. And I want to say that you are a whosoever. How many of you can say today, Jesus has come into my heart house and he's helped clean my heart house up? Every, has he cleaned your heart house up? How many of you know that you are a whosoever and that one day Jesus is coming back? Jesus is coming one of these days. And if you watch the 6 o'clock news or the 10 o'clock news, it's getting closer and closer and closer. Saints of God, lift up your head because your redemption draweth nigh. I'm telling you this morning that whosoever had a dirty heart house, and if you've not asked the king into your heart house tonight, this morning, you got a dirty heart house. I would like for you just to stay seated. I'd like for you just to bow your heads. I just want you to look at your own heart house this morning. Not your neighbors. Not your husbands or wives. How's your heart house? You're a whosoever. Is your heart house dirty? The king is coming. No one can clean your heart house but the king himself. That's it. Is there anybody here today that would say, Rita, don't call me up front. Don't embarrass me. But I want you to know today that I know 
that I need Jesus, my heart house is dirty. Would anyone just raise your hand and say, I need the king to come into my heart house today. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there another, somebody else that would just raise your hand and say, my heart house is dirty and I need the king to come into my heart house and clean my heart house. Anybody else? Okay, you can look up here. I want to thank you for your kind attention this morning. Thank you for listening to one of my hearts. I had a heart for children. I got a heart for life groups. Like I said, if you're just not sure about them, try them out. Just pick a group and go. Maybe that group's not suitable for you. You want to try another. Maybe you need the grief group or the widow group or the veterans group or there's some out there with other subjects and topics. Join a life group. But I'm glad that there's a lot of whosoever's out there that one day King Jesus stepped into your house and cleaned your heart house. I'm going to dismiss my dream team now. I'm going to dismiss them so they can go back to the tables and be there when you get there. Remember, this is where the early church started, is in somebody's house. Jesus is always knocking. He's always trying to get in somebody's house. Thanks for listening to the Drew City Podcast. And if you're interested in finding a life group, go to jccwv.org slash lifegroups to find one. Coming up October 31st through November 5th is our Autumn Revival with Isaac Carpenter, Pastor Darren Powell, and Pastor Dave Marsh. Don't miss this powerful encounter and revival here at Jewel City Church.